there's nothing in this life that we're in that we need to worry so much about that it, it, it completely ruins the rest of your day, week, month, uh, year, whatever it is. I mean, even the, even the worst thing, it, it, you can't let it bring you down. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Next Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio, majoring in business marketing with a minor in data analytics. I also play football for the Battling Bishops with a love for sports and entrepreneurship. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to share the knowledge and advice of sports figures and entrepreneurs with all of you. Just about every week, I try to bring on a guest who is viewed as a leader and motivator in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship business, and just life in general. A new episode is released every single Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss Motivation Monday at the end of each episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1. If you want to contact the Roughnecks Podcast about potential sponsorship or collaboration, then message us on social media or email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Shout out to Dante Fair for the podcast music introduction and PNH Studio for the logo. Now let's get into this week's show. This week, we arguably have the biggest guest to ever join the Roughnecks podcast. People of Central Ohio know him as the former sports anchor and current news anchor on the morning broadcast of NBC4 News. Matt Barnes is a news anchor that you can see on TV from 4 to 7 a.m. I'm very grateful that he was willing to join me for this episode. He gives a lot of valuable information, such as his life motto, Hakuna Matata. He takes us through a typical day for him, which includes the difficulty of going to bed early enough considering he is an avid sports fan. Even though he's up at 2.30 each morning, he still volunteers his time as a mentor for Big Brothers Big Sisters. He was even selected as the Ohio Big Brother of the Year in 2020. Mr. Barnes is a great person, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Let's get into episode 22 of the Roughnecks Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 22 of the Roughnecks Podcast. This month of February has the topic of passion in mind. Joining me this week is a very special guest, probably the biggest guest to ever come on the show. Came and spoke to my public relations class last semester. And I took a chance, messaged him, and he agreed to come on. But if you're from the Central Ohio area, then you probably know who this guy is. Welcome, Mr. Matt Barnes, to the Roughnecks podcast. Good to be here. Always glad to uh, talk a little bit, have a good time. All right. Good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. You know how it is. Every day is about the same these days during uh, the pandemic, but we're, uh, we're making it happen. I am very grateful that you agreed to join the podcast for an, uh, an episode so just for all our Roughnecks out listeners out there who may not know who you are, give them a little background on who you are. Yeah, so uh, obviously name's Matt Barnes and I uh, work at the NBC station in Columbus, morning anchor there, been doing it, the morning show for about five years, but been at the station since 2010, started as a sports anchor uh, on the weekends and did that in Augusta, Georgia for a couple of years before that, but 
yeah, Ohio University grad who always wanted to do television his whole life and uh, very, very fortunate to not only do what I wanted to do, but do it in my hometown. So uh, it's a great job. It's literally a dream come true and have a great time uh, every day, even early in the morning, uh, just kind of bringing people the news and having a having fun. Just what's all saying, what's on my mind, having a good time. So why did someone from Bishop Hartley decide to go to Ohio University? I always like to ask everybody why they chose the school they chose. Yeah, so I tell, the first thing is I did not want to go, to go to school in Ohio. That was my first rule right from the jump. I said, I got to get out of the state, been here my whole life. I want to see something new. So I immediately started looking at all the best journalism schools uh, in the country that were pretty much east of the Mississippi because I wasn't willing to go that far away. Uh, but, you know, so I, I looked at, you know, like a Syracuse, which has the likes of your Bob Costas and Mike Tirico and, you know, some of the best sportscasters of all time graduated from there. Uh, looked at Northwestern, which also has a really good lineup of great sportscasters and a great journalism school that's ranked in the top 10. And then my safety school was Ohio University because, you know, just in case, whatever, just have that one there. So I visited about 10 schools. OU was the last one I visited. It was in the fall. I mean, I tell you, man, I hit campus and within 10 minutes of just being around the campus, looking around how pretty it was. I remember looking at my dad on the tour and said, dang it, I'm going to go here. I said, I loved it. And <laughs> I mean, I hadn't even seen the journalism school yet. I was just, it was just something about the place that got me really excited to go to college and it just felt like a college town. And so, yeah, I, it was, it was just that easy where all these dreams and hopes and ideas of getting the heck out of the state and you know spreading my wings and flying I end up an hour and 15 minutes away from home it's crazy that you say that because I look at it's kind of almost the same with every guest that I talk to you know it's just as soon as you walk on campus you just have that feeling where you're like like this is where I want to be and and you it's not the same for everybody but every campus is different but it's crazy that that's kind of like a common theme and it's something like people like well how'd you decide and like you can't really explain to like an upcoming college student like what that feeling is. It's like you just know when you have that. Oh, absolutely. And it's 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 not to say that I could not have enjoyed my college experience anywhere. I, I mean, I could have had a good time at any of the colleges I looked at. I should I could have been I could have had a great time at Ohio State, right in my backyard. Uh, but it just it just was a feeling that I had, and you know, I was guided by the journalism school thing. So I didn't look at certain schools just because of that, but. I, yeah, I, I felt, you know, walked on that campus, knew I was going to like it. And then from day one of college till the last day, which I still cry about the fact that it's the last day and it was over. Um, I, I enjoyed every second of it. Um, so if there is one piece of advice that you can give to a college student, what would it be? Oh, man, there's so many. But uh, honestly, I always say it's just cherish each and every day you have because never again in your life is it going to be like that uh yes you have responsibilities in college you have to go to class or you you know virtually or in person whatever it is you need to do papers and you need, you know you want to get the grades because obviously you need to get the diploma but never again are your friends going to be a five-minute walk away or uh, never again are you going to be able to, and again, all of this is with, we're talking non-COVID times, it's a little odd now, but, um, you know, and, and it, it's just, it was amazing that, you know, if you needed help with something, you know, someone was right down the road, you needed a quiet place to go study, 
you had this great building that you could do that right there. You had, you know, bars and restaurants and, and shops that were just right down the road. Now, I mean, I'm getting a car all the time. My friends are all over the city of Columbus or all over the nation. It's just, it's a bubble. It's a bubble that you live in and you're never going to live in that bubble again. Even if you work at a college, uh, it's just not the same as if when you're actually a college student. So literally cherish every moment, even the ones that stink. I'm telling you, compared to the real world, those days are glorious <laughs> compared to the, uh, you know, the days you have out here on the other side of it. So yeah, I, I miss it every day because those, those were years of just, just feeling like you were invincible but you also had all your closest friends right by your side if you ever did get in trouble. See, I'm kind of almost experiencing that in a way, especially too, like, yeah, we're here on campus, but with everything with COVID, it's not the same as it, like, it's not your true college experience that if you want to call it that, but you know, like I'm noticing, like you almost wish you could go back to those times when pre-COVID, especially like when it was just like, you could go do whatever you wanted. You could go hang out with a large group of people and not have to worry about it. So it's one of those that I'm starting to see it. And I can only imagine that here in a, like four or five months, how much it's going to change even more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, my heart breaks for every college student right now who is just not getting the, you know, that, that experience that I know uh, you, you had for maybe the first couple of years, or if you just started college, you're probably just hating your life. And it's like, Hey, it's, it's going to get better. Once we get through this thing, you're going to really finally get it. But yeah, it, it, it just, it, even, even in this pandemic, it's still going to be, it's still a special experience because it's just, you know, you're never, unless again, unless you're a teacher or something like that, you're never going to get a summer break ever again. You're never going to get a spring break ever again. These are all those simple things that, you know, have been given to you for the first 21 years of your life, just by nature, they kind of just go away. And so that, that's just all the reasons why I say enjoy every second you get because it's just, it's unlike anything else. I, I wish I could, every time I step on campus at Athens right now, uh, just go speak to students or anything like that. Uh, it just brings up all those great memories. And I'm like, man, just, to, just for one day to be 21 again and, and you know, go to class and do that, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You said you always wanted to get into television. Why is that? So like, what actually made you, you know, decide to do that? I, it's crazy. I, so growing up, I wanted to be the host of The Price is Right. I was watching it all the time as a kid and, uh, you know, watching Bob Barker with his long microphone. And I just thought it was the coolest show, you know, all the lights and the sounds, the money and all that stuff. I thought it was cool. And so that's what I went to be the host of The Price is Right. And I think it was about eight years old or so, maybe a little younger. I remember thinking, God, Bob Barker's never going to die. Hi, you know, I'm never going to be the host. Now, he's still not dead, but... <laughs> He just, he just, you know, you know, you're young. A guy looks that old, you think they're going to they're gonna croak any time, and they didn't. So that's when it dawned on me, all right, I, you know, I like watching sports. I like talking about them. That'd be a cool job. And ESPN was kind of right at the height uh, of their popularity then, you know, the, the big show with Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, Stuart Scott, Rich Eisen, and all those big names you remember on Sports Center with must-see TV every night. And so I think that's what kind of drove me to want to do sports. And yeah, and then the older I got, the more I wanted to do it because I found out that I was terrible at playing sports. And you know, I, I'm very self-aware. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I, I knew right from the jump, I'm not going to be a professional or anything. I'm not going to be a collegiate athlete. Let's just play sports for, for, for the fun of it. You know, I'm still competitive, but I just know I'm not going to win a lot. But that didn't mean I couldn't get to know 
the ins and outs of all the sports and be able to watch and become experts in them. And, and you know, being, being a sports broadcaster gives you great access uh, that you don't get when you're just a fan sometimes. So, yeah, it, it all just added up to me. You know, when you love to talk and you love sports, but you're thinking playing them, what else to do than to make it a job, hopefully, if you can. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me. What was it that made you switch now since you're doing now the morning news broadcast instead what made you switch from the sports anchor to more than news broadcast yeah I mean trust me if you would have told me back in college when I graduated that I was going to be doing the morning news I would have been like you're kidding me heck no news is awful it's, it's depressing it's sad it's it, it's boring most of the time it's the same and I would I just I wish that all the things that I I would have hated about it um but what happened is after seven years of doing it uh, the opportunity came about when we had our main anchor retire. Uh, you know, the news director said, hey, you know, you want to try out for the morning job? And I was like, yeah, I'll try out. And I loved it. And I think the reason why is because in sports, we do a lot of ad-libbing. We, you know, highlights are, you have names and stuff in front of you, but you get to have a little bit more fun, a little looser. Well, the morning news is a chance to be a little looser because we have three-hour blocks of, you know, of news to talk about. We can't just do it all by the script. We have to have a little bit of levity a little bit of conversation and so it was, it was a smooth transition and frankly I'll be honest I'm a huge huge sports fan still am always will be but it's hard to be a huge sports fan when you're covering you know whether it's a Blue Jackets game I remember the, the first playoff game they won at home uh, I was working it and uh, they score the game overtime goal the place goes nuts and I couldn't sit in the press box anymore because I was literally like rocking back and forth as a nervous fan because you're not allowed to cheer in the press box, obviously. And so I had to go down to the lower level. So when they scored that call, I remember jumping up and down, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I got to go down to interviews. <laughs> and so I ran down, you know, with my press pass and did interviews. And I'm like, my heart is like beating out of my chest because I'm just such a fan. And it just started to dawn on me more and more that and I couldn't, it's hard to be a fan and do that job at the same time, especially when you're covering your favorite teams. So now I go to a Blue Jackets game. I can have a beer. I can just enjoy myself. Same thing with the Buckeyes or, uh, you know, the crew. Uh, you know, all my favorite teams, I've been able to now experience some really cool moments and not have to worry about getting interviews after or writing a story after or doing a live shot after. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a very welcome change, trust me. Was there like a big learning curve from going from sports to just news instead, or was it kind of an easier transition? Because you kind of, it says it was a smooth transition, but like, what I guess, what was the hardest thing like to change from? The hardest thing, and it always will be for me, is I'm I'm a naturally positive, optimistic, happy person, and so the good thing about sports is they're always a little bit more exciting and loose and energetic and and joyous most of the time. Now, now for the first 10 minutes of my broadcast, I'm talking about crime and murders and, and, you know, traffic, things that stink and, you know, you know, edu you know, schools that are corrupt or whatever it is. Uh, I had to slow down my cadence. I had to learn how to talk with a tone that wasn't always so upbeat and frankly, you know, learn some terms that I don't always use in sports, you know, some of the, the law terms and, uh, you know, making sure you're calling, you know, them sheriffs and deputies and, you know, officers, you know, you, we don't use these, you know, we're using, you know, fullback, running back, <laughs> wide receiver kind of terms. So 
it, it was it was a you know these are terms I knew grow you know obviously just being you know an adult but using them in the news term and making sure you're being accurate with it and and pronouncing names correctly things like that uh, that took some getting used to so that was the hardest transition but the actual being on TV part that was the same um, you know it's still just it's still reading scripts it's still you know ad living and being comfortable on camera but yeah there was definitely that that change of pace because sports is a is like this and news a little, uh, little, little more uh, slower, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's got some pace to it, but it's just not, it's just not the same uh, energy that the sports uh, scene has. I'll now ask you this though. Was there a sport, like when you first came in and started doing TV, you know, it was probably nerve wracking that first time you're about to be on TV. Was there a learning curve with like, even just the sports? Like you obviously knew a lot about sports, you love sports, but was there still like something that was kind of hard to pick up on or that you had to learn? Oh yeah. I mean, massive. Uh, and there's a, and there's a difference between just doing like, you know, even in college, we did sports cast, you know, for our, our PBS station. We had, we had a show, we had a high school football show that I was a part of and hosted but there's a big difference between my college show and then my first couple of weeks doing it professionally in, in Augusta, Georgia. I mean, that first show, I was nervous as all heck. And I remember uh, after watching it back, I was just flying. I mean, I did not take much of a breath because I was so nervous. And uh, that was one thing I had to, to stop doing. For some reason, when I was with my co-sports, my co-sports anchor, and he was reading his script, I would be mouthing his script. And I don't know why I was doing it. It was, he would, he'd, he'd say, stop reading my script. I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing it. I just need to just smile or, or just, it was, I don't know what I was doing. So that for some reason, something I didn't think I needed or I, I had a problem with, but apparently did. But just the biggest thing is the responsibility of it all uh, and, and making sure you're getting names right, making sure things are accurate. Deadlines is the biggest thing. Uh, you know, in college, you can kind of get away with something not making it on time, uh, not professionally. I mean, now you're getting paid. Commercial breaks have to air at the right time. And you've got to fill that three-minute uh, hole that they give you, that the producer gives you. If not, you're just in dead air. You know what I mean? You, you, you have a job to do. So um, that was the biggest thing is knowing that, all right, the mistakes, the mistake time is over. Now it's, now you got to tighten it up. You got to button it up. And uh, just make sure everything's right. And that that weight of responsibility, definitely, fe- I definitely felt that the first couple of weeks. Like, all right, it's go time. Don't screw this up. So now you're on the morning news. Give me, take, since you, you I don't even want to know probably how early you get up. Give me like a normal day. Take me through a normal day with you. Yeah. So uh, a normal day is first alarm goes off at 2.30 a.m. Uh, the second alarm goes off at 2.45. That's the one where I actually get out of bed. I don't turn a light on the entire time. I get ready, uh, everything from shower to getting dressed. I mean, everything's laid out because I'm just, I'm not, I'm not turning a light on. I'm trying to, trying to be in my sleep zone as long as possible. The only time I actually do turn a light on is to pick out my tie because I don't know what tie color I'm going to wear or she's going to wear. And then I, I match my tie to her. So it just looks good. But anyways, yeah, I get to work around 3.30. Our show starts at 4.00. So once I get to work, I'm immediately just reading through the 4 a.m. show, the 4 a.m. hour, and only reading my scripts. And I don't even get to read the 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. stuff. I just kind of read that as we're on the desk. And the producer obviously is writing most of the show. They can leave all sports scripts for me because if, if, I mean, if they write them, fine, but I'm probably going to change them anyways to write them in my style. 
uh, just because it makes me comfortable. But yeah, beyond that, it's just it's just making sure what they write is accurate, making sure it's comfortable to read, and and then we go from there. And it's nuts. Four to seven a.m. We're on TV. You know, just the commercial breaks. I, you know, you got to get you get a little coffee in there to hopefully get you through the three hours. Um, after that, we do during the Today Show on NBC. We have to do these little updates every half hour, uh, just little two minute updates. And uh, after ten a.m., we're pretty much done for the TV part. But that doesn't mean that any day that I couldn't have to go do a story with, you know, go outside the station and go do an interview with someone or a Zoom interview, write a story, edit a story, because I still will edit stuff. I have, a, you know, I have my own camera that I can go get the interview myself or go get video uh, so I can be doing that. And there's some other things we might have to do with the station. But yeah, it's pretty much, it's, it's weird because some people's days kind of progressively get bigger as it goes on. I mean, mine is like, wake up and go. I mean, pretty much right after I wake up, I'm on air an hour later. And after those three hours, it kind of dies down. It, it, it's, a weird, it's a weird schedule and it's really early, obviously, but uh, that's the day. And, and it's uh, what I love about my job the most, I always say is it's just different every day. I, I don't know if I could ever do a job where I sit in front of a computer and just type in numbers. Every day is different. Yes, we have the shows the same, but the content is different and the feel is different. Like for instance, today was all, all about the snow and the weather because it just was riddling all of Central Ohio, but tomorrow might be all about impeachment or you know about COVID or something. So every day just has a different feel to it, and that's what makes it fun. You talked about having uh, you matching your tie. How many different ties do you think you have? Oh, I probably have. I probably have like sixty ties, but honestly, of the rotation that we're in, I probably only wear about twenty of them. Because there are some colors she never wears. Some some ties I got when I was either for a gift or I bought a long time ago that just do not look good on TV. Like they have too many patterns and you can't wear too much pattern on TV because the the, the way the camera works will like be jumping all over uh, the screen. So I probably honestly just twenty to maybe twenty five that actually make it on air, uh, and it might be less than that. <laughs> People message you, you talked about this in our uh, PR class, how people message you pitches on or like stuff that, news stories essentially. How many of those do you think you get a day from outside sources? Uh, so as a station, because what, what we just do is just make it easy is we have just a, on our website, you can just pitch a story idea. And then most of the PR firms, they just know they don't have to go to our website. They just know already the email that they need to use. We will easily get to our station 50 to 75 pitches a day uh, from different PR firms or government organizations, schools, uh, teams, whatever you, whatever you can think of, of just here's an idea of a story to do. And it can be overwhelming, which is why I've just learned there are certain names of people in different PR firms that I know always to look at because they're the ones you go to. They're the ones who are always, uh, always have solid uh, pitches that you can trust. And, you know, you think you might, they might actually make it on TV. Then you have the ones that come from New York or from California that are just national pitches of, hey, you can talk to this expert that's based in Boston. It's like, why would we talk to an expert in Boston? when We would just talk to an expert in Columbus about something like COVID. So uh, those are the ones you just, you just immediately press delete. You don't even read them. So it, it can be overwhelming when you open up your phone after, let's say, one day off of work and refuse to look at your email and you come back and it has like 500 and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, 
and then you remember only about three of those emails actually matter because uh, it's just a lot of a lot of junk pitches or press releases that don't matter or scripts that are being emailed back and forth that you know if you're not working that day you don't need to read the scripts or anything so uh yeah it's it's a lot though but we need them because that's how you find sometimes that that great story is a great pitch from you know someone from pr or that's where you just you have that expert that can help you with during a story uh that you might be working on what would you say is probably the funniest pitch you've ever got <laughs> well if you can if you're allowed to say it i'm allowed to say i it, it this one is funny because it literally just came Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. I, uh, I've never seen one like this, and I don't get it. Uh, so it said, you know, do you want to do a story about how uh, people in Tampa visited uh, adult websites to celebrate the Super Bowl victory? And I'm thinking, what? This, this is a real pitch? Like, and they, they I'm telling you, man, the, the data... They broke it down. They said in Kansas City, the visits to adult websites went down, da, 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 but in Tampa, they went up. And I'm like, I don't think this has anything to do with the Super Bowl. I just think people in Florida are weird or lonely. I don't know. And it was, I, I mean, I said it to three friends of mine in Tampa immediately like, that morning. I said, what is going on in your city that a PR firm thought, let's just send this across the nation to do a story on and it even said in the it even said in the pitch, we don't have anyone for you to interview. We just thought it'd be worth a mention. I'm like, we're not going to mention that on TV. I mean, li- I mean, literally got that this week. Uh, and then I think that, that might be the funniest one I've seen in a long, long time. Because I can't imagine any television t- television station in the nation who got that pitch actually put that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to ask you this when you're go- t- going through your day, but what's so you- you get up so early. What time do you normally go to bed then? So again, big sports fan. So <laughs> yeah, that probably makes you run person, into a lot of issues. Correct. The smart person would go to bed no later than seven to get yourself at least, you know, seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. Uh, but the dumb person like me who likes watching, you know, my, the Blue Jackets, my Bobcats, the Buckeyes, crew, tribe games, whatever it is, um, I tend to try to watch those games until their conclusion. So uh, I watched the Blue Jackets. They start at 7 o'clock. I'll watch it until 9.30 and then try to go to sleep right then. Ohio State this week played a game that started at 9 o'clock. I did not stay awake till 11 o'clock. That's crazy. But did I watch the Super Bowl till 10.15? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there are big sporting events you have to watch to the end. So, yeah, I, that is what keeps me up. Uh, if, there's a, if there's nothing on, you know, no sporting event I'm going to watch, I might go to bed as early as 8 o'clock. But most of the time, it's going to be 9, 9.30. And then I take a nap during the day, try to make up that, that sleep I did not get. It's a really bad way of living, but whatever, you know. <laughs> I, I, I got I to enjoy what I, what I love watching. And then all those shows that I miss, I DVR and just see after work. You also serve as a mentor for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And you're even named recently the Ohio 2020 Big Brother of the Year. So congrats on that. Tell me why, like when and why you got into Big Brothers Big Sisters, because I feel like that is a, people I think underestimate sometimes that don't, maybe don't know about Big Brothers Big Sisters, like how important they are. And you know, my sister worked for them, so I, like, I have a, know a lot about them and stuff. So tell me when and why you ended up getting into Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that I've always wanted to do, because I, I just think it's so cool to kind of mentor 
the people that are below you, whether it's, you know, like for my, I, I love going back to OU and trying to help those students, you know, reach their goals and, you know, their dreams, just like I just had, I had mentors like that too. And I know how much that means. And so it was one of those things I wanted to do in Georgia, but I knew I was going to be there for two years and get the heck out after my first shot. So when I came to Columbus, when I had a feeling I'd be here for a little longer, and then obviously being from here, you, you know, talking to a kid from here, you have that connection already where we can uh, talk about how each of us grew up, all that stuff. It just felt right to me because I just think you can, you can impart, you know, your little bit of nuggets of advice or wisdom. I think most importantly, most of these boys and girls in Columbus or anywhere in the nation that are part of Big Brothers Big Sisters, all they want is someone just to listen to them and just get away from their parents or grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, siblings, just for a little bit. And once you build up that trust and, you know, you have some fun, you know, you, you just become less of a, a mentor and, and just become, again, a true big brother, big sister, you know, and, and, you know, mine, I met when he was uh, 14. So right at the cusp of high school, four years of watching him grow up and, and become a man and, and mature the way he did. I, I could not have been any happier to have him in my life the rest of my life now, his whole family. And I just think it's a great opportunity for anyone to, to take a little time out of their week, their month, and, and just hang around someone who may just need someone to talk to and, and hang out with and just, and just, like I said, try to make a positive difference in their life. I think it's a small thing we can all do. It's not a big time commitment. And, you know, I, the award is not why I did it. I hated the fact that I even got one. Um, but if it helps me bring more awareness to the organization, I'm all for it. Uh, because I think you can really see the the impact you can make in, in someone's life. Uh, and you never know like what that, like even like you said, just that a little bit of talking to someone, like it could honestly change somebody's life and what big impact it can have on someone. Yeah. So I give a lot of credit to people of Big Brothers Big Sisters and the ones who are mentors because like that's voluntary. You're doing that on your own for, to like just to help people out. Yeah, absolutely. And And, and I, you know, everyone always thinks volunteering, oh man, it's going to take so much time or it's, it's always something tough to, this, it didn't, didn't feel like volunteering for a while, after a while, you know, it, after a couple, you know, after a couple meetups, I was like, this is just fun. You know, we're just going to go to a Clippers game. We're just going to go, uh, we're just going to go, I'm going to you know, watch him go play baseball. We're just going to get something to eat or watch a movie. It's what I wanted to do anyways. And now I'm just taking someone <laughs> who I can you know, talk about their day with. I can, you know, he, he can talk about his day. It was, it was great. I, I hope people understand that it's not like this thing you it, it's not a burden by any means it becomes something just fun to do uh and that's why we'll continue to sing its praises uh for as long as i live just a few final questions real quick here before we get into the last segments but if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing what would it be anytime it could be before college oh. event yeah I, I mean, besides the obvious things like, you know, invest your money in smarter things or save more money or whatever it might be. Gee, that's a good one. I, I think I would have done a better job of, and I, I'm still mad I, I didn't even do this during the pandemic. I would have done a better job of actually journaling. And it seems stupid to say, but I, I think it's so cool to kind of go back and see progress you make in life because anytime you're in a down moment or anything like that you can kind of just go back and be like wow look how far I've come or you know I can you know remembering this moment this moment this moment in life and it's something that I always thought I was going to do growing up because I watched the cartoon Doug and Doug had his journal and I was like oh that'd be really cool and uh then I never did it 
And then I thought, and then I remember saying, right when the pandemic hit, how cool would it be to write something every day? Just something different during that day in the pandemic that happened until the end of it. And I didn't do that either. And it's just because as life goes on, things get faster. Uh, you know, you feel like you don't have any time in the day and stuff like that. If anything, this pandemic told me how to slow down. And so, you know, if, yeah, even you can even go put it all the way on that. I mean, I would tell myself to slow down a little. I mean, I worked three jobs in college, not because I really needed to do it for the money. I just did it because I wanted to stay busy. And I think if I, I might have just taken one more, take one off, you know, and just have a little bit more fun, relaxation, uh, time for friends and those moments that I was talking about earlier. So, yeah, just. That time for a little more self-reflection and things like that, I think, are always positive for all of us. I might, I might do, I might have done more of that. I still need to do more of it now. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice to a future broadcaster that maybe want to somebody who wants to become a broadcaster? Yeah, I mean, it, the the biggest thing I always say is is watch a lot of TV. It's just, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but I think the best thing you can learn about broadcasting is to watch the best do it. I. You know, I, I was watching ESPN because that's what I wanted to do. But if, you know, if you want to do news, I would watch, you know, the nightly news, your local news and, and learn from their mistakes, learn what you like, learn what styles you like and, and go for it. I, I think you also, this day and age, something I didn't have to do when I was back in college or even in my first job, but you, you have to be really, really good with technology. I mean, just like this, I mean, podcasting was not a thing when I was in college. Now I feel like every, I, I honestly tell the students that you should either have a podcast or at least know how to podcast. For me, when I was in college, it was all about blogs. So I had a blog or two, but you have to know how to do these things. And again, most, most students know how to, but you know, how do you engage with people on, on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook? And, you know, it, it's just, it's where the, it's where the business is going as much as the old school in me hates it, where I just want people to every day at 6 AM turn on their TV and watch me for an hour. I know good and well that they're probably watching me on their phones or they're just putting it on the background while they're doing something else. I mean, this isn't, this isn't 20 years ago. So we all, we have to adapt too. we have to find ways to get people to watch us in so many different mediums. We have to catch them for that 10 minute span they have. And, and so, yeah, I, that's as much as, again, I despise TikTok and Snapchat and all these things. Those are our attention spans. So the great thing is I think the young generation understands that future broadcasters will get it but you know still pick up on those on on what the people are do, of now are doing and then bring in your your new ideas your creative your creativity and uh make it your own be your own brand and this leads us into my favorite segment of the podcast which is motivation monday I personally love this segment. I like to allow our guests to give a little inspiration or motivation to all our listeners out there as they're listening on their Monday morning. So what do you have for Motivation Monday? All right. So my life motto, as dumb as this sounds, has always been since 1994 when the movie came out. It's Akuna Matata. And that is my all-time favorite movie, The Lion King. Uh, it has been again since 1994. When I was eight years old, I know pretty much every word of the movie. I know every word of every song. Uh, I watch it once a year just to uh, keep my streak alive. And if I ever got a tattoo, that's what it would be. The reason being is there's nothing in this life that we're in that we need to worry so much about that it, it, it completely ruins the rest of your day, week, month, 
uh, year, whatever it is. I mean, even the even the worst thing, it, it, you can't let it bring you down. You know, whether you got fired or whether a loved one dies or, you know, you get to whatever it might be, there's always something worse happening somewhere else. There's something down the road that you need to look forward to that you can get excited about, whatever it may be. I just, I, I don't worry. Uh, I give myself five minutes to be bad about anything and then I move on because the more time I give spending that negative energy towards something that I can't change or uh, is not, you know, it does, you know, has no effect on the next two or three days of my life, whatever it may be, it's just wasted time. And we're not on this earth long enough to spend that kind of time doing that. So Hakuna Matata, I have friends of mine that I say that to that absolutely hate it because I say it all the time to them, but it's, it's truly my life philosophy, which is why I feel like I'm going to have less stress marks than most of my friends because I don't, I just don't stress about things. It's going to get done. Things are going to happen. You know, things happen for a reason, you know, whether it's elections, my team losing, it's going to be okay. So Akun Matata is, is, is my motivational Monday uh, spiel for you. I like that. I think I'm personally someone who needs to know that because, uh, you know, sometimes I let myself worry about things too much. But so thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. I can tell you right now, instead of the listeners, I took something <laughs> from it too. But now it is time for the final segment, which is called Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire, I'm going to ask you a handful of this or that questions. Answer them as quickly as possible. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Early bird or night owl? Oh, night owl. And yes, I understand how dumb that sounds. Still a night owl. Morning, afternoon, or evening news? Oh, morning news still. Sports anchor or news anchor? Oh, I'm going to say news anchor. On the road or in the studio? Oh, in the studio. On the road is overrated, I promise. <laughs> Ohio State football or Ohio State basketball? Ohio State football, for sure. Blue jackets or Indians? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, 50, 50. Um, I'll say Blue Jackets only because it's hockey season right now. <laughs> Colts or Pacers? Uh, Colts, because I'm losing my love of the NBA. <laughs> Instagram or Twitter? Oh, Twitter. Instagram is nothing but pictures. I don't learn anything. <laughs> and with that, that's a wrap on this episode of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you very much, Matt Barnes, for coming on the podcast. It meant a lot to me. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore NBC4. Instagram is Matt Barnesy, which is S-I-E at the end. Mr. Barnes, will you do us the honors of signing us off? Sure thing. I'm Matt Barnes, this is episode 22 of the Roughnecks podcast. See you next week. But for now, Roughnecks out. I had a great time talking to Matt Barnes. You can tell he loves giving back to others. He has a passion for broadcasting and sports. Even though he has a busy schedule, he still makes time to do things like record this podcast episode with me, speak to students, and be a mentor for Big Brothers Big Sisters. No wonder he was the 2020 Big Brother of the Year. I loved his life motto of Hakuna Matata, and I personally really took something away from that. And I hope you all found something to take away from this episode as well, because he gave a lot of key information that could be helpful in many different aspects of life and work. If you like this episode, be sure to rate and review and subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Wrapping up the month of February with the topic of passion, we have Trevor Garber. Garber will be on next week. But until then, follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter 
at roughneckspodc1. If you have any questions for me or want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. But until next week, you know the deal. Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.